on, friends? Happy Thursday. This is episode five of Bet to Win. I can't believe it's already episode five, already NFL week three. I'm Claudia Balafato here with my friend and co-host, Joe Fan. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. I also can't believe it's week three. It's, it's still, I still kind of feel like I'm on vacation, mostly because I don't have any furniture in my apartment yet, but I did finally get a mattress, so we're taking baby steps. I'm not sleeping on a twin-size air mattress anymore, but yes. it still does feel a little bit surreal, and it's crazy we're already into the third week of the NFL season, it's so, so, but it's fun. I mean, I, I, this is my favorite time of the year in the sports calendar, so it's good times. How could it not be? Uh, Joe, for this episode, we're going to play a little segment of Taylor Bale, which should be fun, and then we also caught up with our friend... Ian McMillan from BetSided. That was a fun interview we did this morning. So we will get to that. Um, before we do that, though, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't follow Joe on Twitter, I mean, go do that because the guy's pushing out great content. Yeah. Joe underscore fan. But I was scrolling through my feed and um, yeah. I, saw an interesting <laughs> I saw an interesting tweet having to do with these glasses. Joe... Joe is saying that he hasn't worn these since high school. Yeah, so I mean, if you're listening, it's, yeah, it's just these white Oakley gas cans. that They're awful. Let me see these. <laughs> if you're not watching, you got to find this clip on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, they're very stereotypical. I think I'm so very like, it's cool. Like, it's like, tell me you were in a frat without telling me you were in a frat. <laughs> but that's not even fratty. That's this is pretty just, fratty. I mean, it? like, I don't know. Like, I, I was... So I think I was probably going into like my sophomore year of college and I was like, I saw someone wear them my freshman year. I was like, those are cool. I need to get them. So I you went to the Oakley store yeah. and my whole family was like, you shouldn't do that. That's, that's not the best look. My sister's four and a half years older and she's like, I, I wouldn't if I were you. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to. Okay. You know what's, it, so there's a, there's a special T-Pain version of these <laughs> that have like on the inside, there's like a, like a teddy bear and like a T-Pain logo. Oh. And I was like, I'm too white for those, but I'm just douchey enough for these. It's those really how it happened. Douchey. And so yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know they existed still. You know how like in your car, you have like the little sunglass holder up top. I, yeah, I never yeah. use it. I put my sunglasses in the cup holder. Right. Um, and I, now I'm like, I mean, I'm over 30. So I'm like, I'm an old man. I have Maui gyms, which is I'm very on brand now. I know I'm in my lane that I should be in. But I, I don't know. I had, before I made the road trip, I just like I hit them. Or I grabbed and I, got, I hit that and I was like, oh God. And here they were. They've been sitting there for, for a decade that I just, just chilling in my car. I mean, I feel like you can still rock them though. No, gosh. <laughs> you can still rock them. Although I think with my fit today, it probably works pretty well. Oh my goodness. This is, yeah. it's a dark time in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like anytime yeah. you like ever think you're cool, just like realize you're not. And that's where I should have been. But at least you came to the realization, so we're good, right? I, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's heinous. These are Yeah, they're pretty bad. bad. They're pretty bad. Very But good. I was a frat star, so. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm telling so you. So I don't know how cool those are, but our friend Ian was really cool. He's I'm awesome. Glad, yeah, he's awesome. I'm glad we got to catch up with him. Uh, let's toss to the interview. Ian, what's up, man? It's good to see your smiling face. I see the Maple Leafs jersey behind you. You're settling into your new home in Brooklyn. Welcome to the States. I got to start with, you just moved from Nova Scotia, east coast of Canada. Now you're uh, in Uncle Sam territory. What are your first impressions, man, of being in New York? I love it, man. It's, it's 
it's kind of uh, like overwhelming a little bit to be honest i grew up in like a small farm town of 2,000 people in nova scotia canada so to go from there all the way to new york city complete opposite ends of the spectrum one thing i've noticed the main thing i noticed is the first like hour i was across the border i've seen more american flags than i think i've seen like canadian flags in my entire life you guys love your flag which is great uh so that's the first thing i noticed a lot of traffic too not used to traffic usually if there's traffic it's because i'm stuck behind a tractor but uh, no tractors in new york city get used to that traffic if you're living in new york let me tell you (laughs) yeah it's nuts so ian uh you've been busy so far with nfl i want to talk about specifically your podcast you're the host of bacon bets and i have to say i've been following you on twitter for a while but when i saw the picture kind of the cover photo of this podcast (laughs) i got a little more interested in what you do so tell me about this podcast and tell me about the origin of this picture and where you found the bacon suit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i kind of got a reputation uh, among uh, my college roommates i eat a lot of bacon like literally every single morning i I have bacon so that kind of became my thing and then uh, when I was at Odd Shark previously, we had, we had a Halloween show. So I had to go find a costume. I was looking through the costumes, and there was staring uh, at me uh, in the face a bacon costume. Thought it was perfect. Uh, took the picture for the podcast cover art um, because I, I don't really take myself too seriously, and I think that's kind of what it shows. I mean, I don't claim to be a professional sports better. Um, sports at the end of the day, in my opinion, are kind of silly, but that's kind of why I like them. At the end of the day, you're putting a ball in the hoop. You're putting a puck in the net. It's not too serious, but I absolutely love it. Um, like I said, I'm not a professional sports better, but I love diving into the stats. I love handicapping the games. I love giving out my picks. I love talking about my bets, talking about bad beats, good wins, all those, uh, all those kinds of things. So I love doing it, but that's, that's kind of what the podcast is, is all about. It's a little bit more laid back um, compared to a lot of other people that really take a serious angle to sports betting. I think it's all about having fun. I do for entertainment, and I think that's how other people should view it too. Ian, if that picture is not at the top of your hinge profile as you are embarking <laughs> in your new journey in New York, I'm going to be highly disappointed. <laughs> That's the only way it to is. thrive in New York. Trust me. American girls love that stuff. I love it that is. you I, said I, that. I, I will admit, it's, it's, it's one of my hinge profile pictures. <laughs> That's I gotta incredible. Use it. I got to let, let them know what they're getting the into. chicks love Hey, bacon. you put all the cards on the table from the jump and you say, this is me. Take it or leave it. I can relate to that. I love that you said that that you, you don't take sports too seriously, which is good because we see the Leafs jersey behind you, and you're also, for some reason, <laughs> yeah. a, a Falcons fan. I'm curious about yeah. the origin story there and, and just sort of how you cope with those two teams uh, annually disappointing you. Yeah, I drink a lot, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, it's tough, man. You're, at this point, I'm Bacon like, and beer. Yeah, bacon and beer. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Throw in a little <laughs> bourbon. Yeah. yeah. The true Canadian way, uh, bacon and beer. But yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I've almost become numb to it. Uh, in the off season, for both the Falcons and the Leafs, I get myself hyped up, and then uh, for the Falcons, that lasted about two quarters this season before I just completely gave up on them. And the Leafs, they'll have a great regular season like they like they do, but. Uh, heading in the playoffs i know they're going to lose in the first round because that's what they do i expected it last year and it happened so um at this point i've almost just become numb to it it's tough but maybe one day if if i can see one of my teams win a championship it'll make it that much sweeter but is it going to happen probably not they're cursed i'm cursed that's the way it is are you a homer because joe's a super homer but he has a weird way in how he bets on his teams and and i'm sure you've heard about it joe explain a little bit yeah i just i bet against my own teams like yeah 
Like the Mariners yeah. are playing a big game today. They a must-win game trying to sweep the A's, and I'm I'm going heavy on A's money line because I'll pay for that win. That's my logic. <laughs> so would you do that like with your Falcons, with the Leafs? How, how do you approach that? Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I yes. Call an emo hedge. <laughs> you guys are so uh, weird. And, <laughs> an emo hedge, an emotional hedge, because then you're happy. An emo hedge. Um, I bet against my Falcons first two weeks of the season. I will say I'm going to the Falcons game this weekend because they're playing in New York. It's my first time ever seeing my Falcons play, play live. So I have put a fairly large money line bet on them. I don't know why I did that. I should have emo hedged. I'm the opposite of the emo hedge is dangerous. Literally. You're setting yourself up for the dreaded lose-lose. I love how he coined yeah, so. that term. We have to use that from now on. Uh, you mentioned yeah, you don't like to great. call yourself a professional handicapper, but you've been doing really well. Joe and I were talking You're about high. it. You're 24 and 8 right now. Uh, your girl hasn't done so well through <laughs> the first two weeks. We don't have to talk about that, but tell me, what is the key here to being so hot right now? To be honest, I, I wish I could just pat myself on the back, but but yeah, I mean, you two know this. Sports betting is so much about luck. Yes, I've gotten off to a hard, uh, hot start, but I've been betting on sports for long enough. I know it's going to come crashing down at some <laughs> point, but um, early in the football season, I haven't been betting on a lot of favorites. I've been kind of sticking to underdogs. I think especially in week one, betting on chalk in week one, I think isn't necessarily a smart move. And this season I've gone into a lot more of where the sharp money is as opposed to public money. Like we saw week two, the reverse line movement with uh, the Cardinals in, in Minnesota. Everyone was on the Cardinals. The line moved the opposite way. I kind of liked Minnesota anyways. Um, but then the kind of the reverse line movement, that tells you the sharps are on Minnesota. So I backed them and, and they ended up covering. So, um, that's one of the great things about betting on every single NFL game is, is you really kind of start to learn what works and what doesn't. You're 21 or the underdogs, I should say, are 21 and 10 against the spread through two weeks. Do you have any sort of theories of why is it, is it Vegas just is favoring, uh, chalk too much and favorites? I mean, how, how, how do you understand why underdogs, or is it just a fluky thing that that's happened for two weeks and maybe you don't take anything moving forward in that? Yeah, I think it is a little bit of a fluky thing. Also, I'm not a believer in home field advantage. I think home field advantage is overvalued. I think sports books are still overvaluing home field advantage. I believe road teams have a winning record against the spread as well. Um, people just sometimes, one of the reasons why they bet on the team, oh, they're at home. I don't think it's that big of a deal anymore. It's 2021. This is a billion-dollar league. They're getting the best treatment possible. They're not staying at a Motel 6 down the road um, and, you know, sleeping on a sleeping on a cot or something like that and then waking up and going to the game. These guys are professionals. Um, they're getting the best treatment possible on the road. So uh, home field advantage, I, I'm not putting a lot of stock behind that anymore. And you mentioned you love the research part of it. And I'm the same way. I never say I'm, I'm a sports handicapper, but I really do love spending my weekends doing the research. And then, of course, it, it helps when it pays off. What is sort of your handicapping process? And you go through the whole slate, which is crazy because I get tired after doing a few games. So what does that process look like for you? Yeah, Wednesdays are a long day. I'm basically <laughs> looking at stuff from the time I wake up until the time I record uh, the podcast and go to bed. But um, it's all about stats. Uh, and, you know, like we, we mentioned trends a little bit there. Uh, trends are a good starting point, but I'm a big-time stats guy. In each sport, there's kind of a few stats that I kind of narrow in on. Football, a big one I'm looking at this year is yards per play specifically. Because mm -hmm. yards per game might be great, but then, I mean, it depends on how many offensive plays that team has. So yards per play, passing yards per 
attempt, rushing yards per carry, and then the opposite on the def- defensive side. So I'm a big stats guy. It is a little tough early in the season to look at stats because uh, we only have a sample size of two games, but uh, that's what I do. I kind of key in on a few key stats. There's a few that I have um, uh, narrowed for narrowed down to for each sport. I look at those stats and then kind of go from there. Ian, we've loved having you here, man. Everyone follow him on Twitter at IAIN. So it's 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 Ian with an extra I, which I had to clarify. I mean, Ian's I been too, a Twitter yeah, friend a for a while, and I was like, hey, man, is it Ian? Is it is it Ian? Am I? Is it something that I'm I'm missing altogether? But IAIN Mac Betts M A C B E T S on Twitter. Uh, Ian, before we let you go, man, uh, your best bet or two for week three. What do you got for us? Share your knowledge here with the bet to win audience. Help me, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I will say really quick, I'll never forgive my parents about throwing in that extra eye in my name. Yeah, like, do you know? <laughs> is there, the, is there a story behind that? They're like, or do they act, it was like a typo, like they just misspelled it on like the birth certificate. And they're like, oh, I guess we'll roll so, with it. Yeah, my heritage is Scottish. I don't know if you can see the Scottish flag on my wall at all, but Ian is the Gaelic way to spell it, which is like the old Scottish language. The way you spell Ian back in the old Scottish days was I-A-I-N. My parents wanted me to be unique, but really it's just been annoying. No, it's unique. It can be both. More than anything else. It can be both. It's unique and annoying. Yeah, people think the first I is is an L for some reason. I get lane all the time, but... um, (laughs) Whatever. It is what it is. I guess it is a little bit unique. But um, I would say I think my favorite bet this weekend, there's two, and they're both underdogs. One is the Chargers plus six and a half against the Chiefs. I mean, I think people keep getting seduced by Patrick Mahomes and and kind of the offense for good reason. But you look at their defense. Their defense is giving up way more yards than any other team. I can't bet on the Chiefs, especially as almost a touchdown favorite, until their defense shows um, that they can stop anyone because they're last in the league in almost every single defensive category through the first two weeks. It's crazy, in my opinion, that they're laying six and a half points. So I like the Chargers to cover there. And then Monday night football, Eagles plus four. I think Eagles are kind of, people are sleeping on the Eagles team this year. One of the best defenses in the NFL through the first two weeks. I think they're third, both in opponent yards per play and opponent passing yards per play play which is going to be big i think they're going to be able to slow down uh this dak prescott and cowboys offense so two underdogs there i didn't get brave enough to bet either money line but maybe i will by the time kickoff but chargers plus six and a half eagles plus four i love those this week hey ian thank you so much for your time man it's great to have you on the show uh look forward to connecting soon if you ever make your way out to vegas we'll get you in studio we'll show you a good time uh here in uh, in sin city man i appreciate you thanks ian. awesome i will do that take take care of you too and uh, it was nice to finally meet you best of luck with your bets this weekend Thanks, Ian. I'm telling you, so good luck to all of us. <laughs> all right. Again, a big thank you to Ian, my guy. It's fun to have Twitter friends then chat with. That's the first time I've ever talked to him. Yeah. I've just, I've long admired his picks. We've been homies uh, via social media. He used to work for Odd Shark uh, and now uh, with BetSite. Again, follow his podcast, the Bacon Bets Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Ian McBets. But it's hard. It's I A I N, Ian. <laughs> right. Uh, M-A-C-B-E-T-S, um, you won't regret it. He's 24-8 and eight on a mission to bet every single game this NFL season. So far, he's off to a great start. I wish I could say the same for myself. Actually, you know what? I, I am doing pretty well. Uh, you, on the other hand, all right, let's chill. Could probably, should probably chill. tell everything he's throwing out there. Chill with that. I am chill, tell- chill, 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 chill. I am telling him, and you guys should too, um, if you want another incentive to put some action on a game this weekend, Green Bay plus 10.5 against the 49 Triple the spread, baby. Triple the spread promo. We love that.
Let's get to our Taylor Bale segment. We've been talking about where the public has been hot on, where the sharps, the pros, the money, where the money has been on the past few weeks. Uh, let's start with the Washington and Bills game because the sharps are hot on Washington here. The Bills are seven and a half point favorites. Let's talk about the line movement a little bit. Washington opened at minus three before we learned about Ryan Fitzpatrick being out for at least eight weeks rehabbing his hip. Then on Sunday, the lines reopened. Buffalo opened at minus nine and a half. We're talking like before the season right. line opened. Okay. Yeah, early line. Yes. So, so yeah. that was early line opening. Then Sunday lines reopened. Buffalo minus nine and a half point favorites. Of course, that was following a shutout win over Miami. That eventually bet down to seven and a half where we are now. I think this really just comes down to quarterback play, right? Taylor Heineke, how much he can really step up in that fill and roll for Fitzpatrick. He looked good last week, but that was against the Giants defense that ranks in the bottom eight in total yards and points allowed. Buffalo defense looks good. They rank second in those categories that I just mentioned. And in preseason, we talked about Washington's defense, right? That was kind of, I think, your defense, too, when we were talking about Cowboys, Washington. Washington had their defense. I don't really know if they've shown that much, if they've really lived up to those expectations. They ranked number two overall last season. Uh, but so far, they've allowed almost 50 points and over 800 yards in just two games. I'm fading the Sharps here. I just feel more comfortable with Josh Allen. Still warming up in terms of accuracy and consistency, maybe not the MVP caliber that we were expecting to see from him yet. But he has the weapons to get it done on the ground, in the air. I mentioned their defense. I'm fading the Sharps here. I'm going to tail the Sharps because seven and a half points is a lot. And I think getting... Giving more than the touchdown, even though you're at home, I kind of like what Ian said about, about overrating home field advantage and how he's used that as an edge to win some of his bets and his hot start. I agree here. I think giving more than the touchdown to a good football team is, is dangerous, and I think Washington's a good football team. Now, maybe I overvalued them going into the season. I told you that I, I took them to win the East. I told you that I took their um, win-loss total over. I think it was eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I admittedly... I'm high on Washington. Now their defense ranks 22nd, according to Pro Football Focus. It's early, but that's not good. That's supposed to be their calling card. You mentioned it. They were second in that category a year ago. The pass rush isn't getting home. The secondary is leaving guys wide open. When Daniel Jones is carving you up on primetime, you know you've got some soul searching to do and things to figure out. That being said, anytime I see something that's more than a touchdown, even if Washington doesn't hang around all game, this has backdoor cover written all over it. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting because Buffalo's offense was their calling card last year. Josh Allen, MVP candidate last year. He's your MVP pick this year for good reason, but, but they haven't been great this year. They took advantage of a lot of Washington or Miami turnovers last week. Uh, they played very poorly in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. According to Pro Football Focus, they have them ranked 31st, which, again, you watch the eye test. I mean, that, that fits. That Miami game was a shutout, but, like, you look at how many opportunities Miami blew in the red zone. Um, that game, not necessarily should have been closer, but wasn't necessarily as dominant as the score would suggest. I am tailing the Sharps and going with Washington plus seven and a half. Do you think there's a chance that Washington wins outright? You can get them at plus 280. It's not a, I th- yes, I think there's a chance, but it's not something I would play. Yeah. We'll move on to my Patriots, who are three-point favorites against the Saints. This game opened as a pick a fun game, I guess you could call it. We got to say it's fun at this point, seeing which Winston we're going to get <laughs> this week. Uh, we do know that Winston is last in the league in passing yards. So week one, 
got us all really excited, definitely got me excited, as you know, because I was on the Saints week two. Uh, what we do know is, is that his offense finished last in the NFL in total offense last week. He is still without his receiver, Michael Thomas. The O-line is banged up. He doesn't have many weapons. I gave my little spiel on him not using Alvin Kamara. Well, the Patriots' defense hasn't been amazing, and I think I was excited about them preseason. They're not up to that level yet. They don't have too much to worry about here if they can stop Kamara from having a breakout game. They just don't have that many targets they have to worry about. Well, on the other end, the Saints have several injuries on defense. So I'm going to fade the Sharps again here. Uh, I don't think the Saints have enough offensively and defensively. I think the Patriots are kind of warming up. Mac Jones is spreading the ball out evenly. Uh, I just feel like the Patriots are a more reliable team here at this point. Yeah, my favorite play in this game is the under. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Both defenses are are adequate to above average, and the offenses struggle. I don't think I've seen anything from Mac Jones, the Patriots offense, that, that screams, man, they're going to light it up against anybody. I think he's due for a, a high turnover game just because that's how rookie quarterbacks operate, and we've seen it from Trevor Lawrence. We've seen it from Zach Wilson. We've seen even Justin Fields throw the bad interception early. So far, Mac Jones has been the game manager that New England needs him to be. I, I don't want to overreact too much to week one or week two from the Saints. I still think they are a fine football team. I think it's fair to say that, that missing, what, eight coaches due to COVID last week puts them in a tough spot, especially when you get punched in the mouth in the, in the first half against um, the Panthers. You go in at halftime and... And all of a sudden, you know, there's no one there to help you make adjustments. So I don't think the Saints are that bad. I also don't think they're, they're that good, you know, to what they showed in week one against the Packers. I think this is a game I like the under. And I'm going to tail the, the uh, I'm going to tail the Sharps here and, and take New Orleans with the points um, because I just think there's value. I don't think there's to me, this is a total toss up and might as well take three points in your favor. Another team the Sharps are heavy on is the Bengals against the Steelers. The Steelers are the minus three favorites. They opened at six and a half. The biggest movement there coming after the news of Big Ben's pectoral injury. Uh, he did not practice Wednesday. He is questionable. And he's not alone either. Of course, at this point in the season, we're going to see a lot of injuries affecting the games. Receiver Deontay Johnson did not practice. The front seven was missing several players. Uh, the good news, T.J. Watt is expected to play, but he is questionable for the Bengals. Receiver T. Higgins is day-to-day. -day. Aside from the injuries here, neither offense has really been outstanding up to this point. The Bengals coming off a rough performance against Chicago, four turnovers, just 248 total yards in offense. They currently rank 24th, but the Steelers, even worse in that stat quarter category, ranking 28th. Like you said with the game before, I'm kind of just staying away from this game. Where do you see the edge? Yeah, I I, I tail the sharps again, and I I want to I want to bail on the sharps because I want to be like I'm smarter than them. I'm smarter than the professionals. But this is one where again I think it's a coin flip. I don't think that it's worth valuing home field advantage for the Steelers here. I also like the under in this game. Again, you know how much I hate unders, but this is back to back games where I just don't see either of these teams scoring a whole lot of points. I don't see explosive plays. Um, coming uh, in bunches. The Bengals have been playing defense, and the, the Steelers' offensive line is terrible. Najee Harris hasn't had a whole lot of room to run. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have a ton of time to throw, so he's having to get the ball out quick. So it leads to this kind of dink and dunk. And so what we've seen from Cincinnati's offense is that, you know, 
Jamar Chase has two long touchdowns outside of that. It's sort of been a grinded out game for them as well. So anytime you're expecting a low scoring coin toss type game, you may as well take the road team with the points. Um, and that's what I'm going to do here. I will tail um, the Sharps and take the Bengals plus three. One of the bigger spreads we have on this late year is the Broncos. They're 10 and a half point favorites, but the Sharps are on the Jets, which I found a little surprising. This opened at seven and a half. Broncos coming back home. It's going to be a packed mile high. Zach Wilson couldn't handle New England's defense, and Broncos defense just made Trevor Lawrence look like he want, should go back to college. So I don't have a ton of faith in Wilson, especially behind a banged up O-line, um, addition to him dealing with a groin injury as well, which when you look at these injury reports, you don't know how much it's actually going to affect their game, but you know he is on there. Uh, they're talking about him having groin issues. Jameson Crowder also dealing with a groin. He didn't practice Wednesday. Broncos are down a few guys. I talked with one of our traders this morning, and they said they still felt like the Broncos had the edge even with the injury, so they're keeping them at 10 and a half. I wouldn't lay the points. I'd maybe tease it down to take the, to take the Broncos. Um, I just don't trust the Jets even with the points at this point. I just don't believe in putting your hard-earned money on the Jets. Ever. Not yet. I mean <laughs> – Zach Wilson's been a turnover machine. They have a minus five turnover differential, worst in football. Teddy Bridgewater has been tremendous. He's pro football folks' 10th-ranked quarterback, but ESPN has a number two in terms of QBR and number one in terms of EPA. I don't love that Bradley Chubb is out in this game. To me, it, uh, that bookend of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb is, is one of the best pass rush combos in football. But even without him um, and even without Jerry Judy, I still think there's enough here for the Broncos to cover. I am teasing it down personally just because, like, Games are weird. Like when 10 and a half is so many points to where one fluky turnover, one missed field goal, one missed opportunity to cover 10 and a half, you sort of have to have everything go your way. Because again, we talk about backdoor covers, you know, you're up 17, the Jets score a garbage time touchdown, all of a sudden you lose that bet. And that's just not one that would sit well with me. So I'm going to tease it down. Um, also, as you'll see, I'm going to put it into a money line parlay as well. But um, so I am, I am willing on the on the the sharps here i'm not taking the jets plus 10 half even with all the points um but it's not one i feel strong enough about to where i'm going to take the broncos with all that all that um as well yeah we got to remember they're not playing to cover the spread here so <laughs> that's never in your favor but i've all i also feel like there hasn't been a game where from beginning to end i have felt super confident in any team covering the spread has there been what, one team for you that, that you felt pretty confident from the start, whether they were favorite covering the spread or throughout the year? So yeah. Far these two weeks, I yeah. mean, I've, I've liked the Broncos both week one and week two, but okay. um, yeah, this is just too many points. Too many. Last game we got, the Sharps are on Tampa Bay. So this is a very small spread here against the Rams. Tampa Bay favorited a point. The Rams opened as a two and a half point favorite. Another game, I just, I want to enjoy this game. I don't really want to have any money invested in it. Uh, it should be a high-volume passing attack from both sides. The Rams are working with injuries, like I mentioned, most teams are. Uh, at the running back position, Daryl Henderson being questionable. The Bucks are one of the best teams in football right now at stopping the run, so that's going to be an issue for them. You also want to consider game script, too. I feel like most teams kind of want to keep up with Tom Brady and the Bucks in terms of the passing game, so that's kind of my prediction this will be the first real test for Stafford, too. I mean, I personally just feel like I haven't seen enough from him to think that he has what it takes and that offense has what it takes to beat a very complete Tampa Bay Bucks team. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks team, they've been giving up points, though. They gave up points to Matt Ryan, let the, the Falcons get back in the game in week two. 
And and Dak Prescott, you know, absolutely dominated him through the air, you know, with Amari Cooper going over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb had a big game in week one, and that game went down to the wire where, you know, very easily Dallas could have won that game. So it is interesting. You know, neither of these defenses have been playing great football. The Rams defense, certainly not. I mean, Carson Wentz had a ton of success against them in week two. Even even week one against the Bears, Andy Dalton was able to move the ball pretty well. David Montgomery ran all over him. And so you look at, at this team where the Rams are 2-0, and but if not for some, um, some success in the red zone defensively that, in my opinion, is unsustainable, whether it's it's kind of fluky turnovers. We saw that the Carson went shovel pass. That was a terrible decision, basically on the goal line into the arms of a Rams defender. Um, you know, they recovered a fumble uh, against uh, the Bears, or I guess they know they picked uh, Andy Dalton in the red zone. Regardless, they've been immensely successful in the red zone defensively, and I just don't think that's able um, to be sustained, especially against good teams. I am tailing uh, the Sharps here. I'm taking Tampa Bay. I do think they're the more complete team, but uh, I'd rather play the over in this game with two offenses that I believe will be able to score at will. Cooper Cup is an early candidate for Offensive Player of the Year. He has dominated second in the league in terms of receiving yards. Uh, he's got three touchdowns already. He's been an absolute stud. Um, and Robert Woods hasn't even gotten involved yet. So they've got a plethora of weapons. I love the, the Bruce Arians versus Sean McVay matchup. Um, Tom Brady's the early season MVP with nine touchdowns already. Pro Football Focus is number one graded quarterback. So um, this is going to be a really fun one. I am just staying away most likely, maybe outside of a, a play on the over. So we'll just sit back and enjoy this game, maybe. It's one that should be enjoyed. I mean, a lot of star power. Um, on both sides of the football for each team. When you think about Aaron Dahl and Jalen Ramsey, the Rams defense, we know that the um, uh, that the Bucks defense is bringing back all 11 starters, and obviously offensively, I mean, skill players galore and two great quarterbacks. So this would be a fun one to watch. Again, my play is the over, if anything. So we have a good little mix of, of Taylor Bale for Sharps, and I know you're going to tell me this week because I've had so much success with my winning picks. Remind you people, okay? It is early in the season. It's early, yeah. It's early in the season. We got a lot of. It's a come. Everyone loves a comeback story. That is true. And mine is this week. Mark my words. Yeah. Have you like done anything? <laughs> like, have you like said any prayers to like the gambling gods? Because uh, I mean, you're owing for. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I, to your credit, you've had some <laughs> bad beats. Of, of your three of your four bets could easily have been wins. Thank you. And Marque, or, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. MBS, yeah. Had he was open four times deep. Aaron Rodgers oh, overthrew over him every through. time. It was Rodgers. I was not having a good time watching that game. Every time I'm like, here's the one. He could have got it in one of those, yeah, probably one or two of those uh, throws. But Rodgers overthrew it, man. But that's okay because I'm going to get it all back this week because I'm going with a teaser. You encouraged me and you inspired me last week with your success. Uh, so I'm going two team, six-point teaser. Cardinals to cover. All I need is for them to cover one and a half here, okay? Panthers to cover two. I love Arizona. I've tweeted about this. I was surprised to see the line at just seven and a half, although I am teasing it down just to give myself that extra cushion because I need it. Uh, Murray's been on fire, 700 passing yards, seven touchdowns. He's doing it with his legs, over 80% completion percentage. The team in general ranked second in total offense and points scored. Defense ranking on the brink of the top 10. Jacksonville, I just don't really have any faith in at this point. They're ranking 28th in scoring. Defensively, they've yielded the seventh most points in the NFL. They've lost 17 consecutive games. 
since last season. Urban Meyer is not the answer, I don't think. Trevor Lawrence has completed only 50% of his passes. He's had more interceptions than touchdowns. I was on that game no matter what, but I figured I'd give myself. What's the, what, what are the, what's the play on that? So it's six-point teaser. Yeah. And so, what, what are the odds? I'm, I'm at minus 140 to get the Cardinals to cover one and a half, Panthers to cover two, okay. minus 140. All right. Looking for a first win. I need you to get it because I'm on those teams as well. I want to I want to run down just the slate real quick of of teams that I love in a teaser because to me this is teaser week um, across the board the entire slate. There's not a number of, uh, uh, there aren't many just pure numbers and size that I like, but basically in every game there's a tease that I love. Uh, you can tease Saints. I like seven point teasers just to get the extra one, especially with some of these. You can get Saints to ten, you can get the Chargers to thirteen and a half which is a huge number against the Chiefs, even though they're on the road. The Bears, you can get to plus 14. Love the Cardinals teased. Um, I think that the Falcons are a teasable team to get to 10, uh, although I'm probably staying away because there's just two really bad football teams, and you never know what's going to happen when two really bad football teams play each other. Love teasing the Bengals to 10. Uh, I'm avoiding Titans and Colts just because I don't know where that game is going to go um, with or without Carson Wentz. Um, teasing the Ravens to 1, I love uh, teasing the, the Washington football team to 14 and a half. I love, um, you can get the dolphins over 10, but I'm probably staying away from that game. Cause I don't know how they're going to be without Tua. Um, I love the Broncos teased down to three and a half. Uh, you can tease the Rams over eight. Uh, you can tease the Vikings to eight, uh, the Packers to 10 and a half. I mean, there's a lot to love from a teaser standpoint, and I will have many different plays and combinations of those teams. I just listed, I am going to go with another five-leg money line parlay. And, and I, I nearly had it. I was a Clyde Edwards yeah. E-layer fumble away from cashing it last week. And I learned a valuable lesson. If you're going to have a parlay, especially one with as many legs as I had, even if you're going heavy favorites, don't include good football teams to lose. And I made that mistake. I, I had four good teams to beat four bad teams. Those teams went 4-0. I had one great team to beat one good team, and that was the Chiefs against the Ravens, and I paid for that, and I made that mistake. No longer am I making that mistake. I have learned my lesson. I have five very good football teams against five very bad football teams. And here we go. Okay. I have the Panthers beating the Texans, the Ravens beating the Lions, the Broncos beating the Jets, the Cardinals beating the Jags, and the Raiders beating the Dolphins at home. And I included that, you know, now I'm like having like deja vu of like how <laughs> bad are the Dolphins. You okay over there? Yeah. The Raiders will beat them. I oh, believe in sure. that defensive Carson. line. Yannick and Max Crosby have been absolute menaces. Max Crosby leads the league uh, in pressures with 19 through two weeks. That is my five-leg money line parlay plus 237. I'm going to hammer it. and I'm going to make up for what I lost last week because of that Clyde edwards Elair fumble. Book it. Book it. We're both going to win. I can just feel it in my bones. For the record, I'm 2-2. Two two. For the record, right. I'm 2-2. Two two. TJ right. Hawkinson, that bet cashed in the third quarter. I was breathing easy. I got a backdoor. I, I, I had three props on Monday. Jared Goff, uh, over one and a half touchdowns at plus one. I think it was like plus 130. That hit in the first half. Love that because it got shut out in the second half. TJ Hawkinson, over 53 and a half yards, cashes in the third quarter. And then in garbage time, we talked about the DeAndre Swift play yep. that I liked in, the, in 28 and a half. The last drive of the game, garbage time yards. He catches that as well. So I went three for three. I had a good Monday. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm fired up. I am 
to because I'm on college ball this week this week too. Say a prayer um, to the gambler so. gods, okay? Please. Oh, no, I talked to baby Jesus. Don't worry. Okay. I, 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 I did my due diligence. Uh, all right, everyone. Have an awesome week three. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for watching or listening.